In this Guider Experts seminar, Leon Milnes of We Are Adam joins Robert Craven to talk everything recruitment in 2022. They discuss what's happening in the digital agency space and the top five challenges facing every agency when recruiting. Welcome to a kind of mini masterclass with the wonderful Leon Mills. Uh, we are Adam or Adam, we are Adam.com. Uh, and the subject is very much HR and the kind of the, the, the sub brief was kind of five things. And uh, rather than it being a formal master class with a slide deck and so on and so forth, it can be a lot more interactive than that so i will start the questioning and hopefully uh you and the audience will chuck stuff into the chat uh and ask him and uh, leon knows that um people in recruitment aren't the most loved people in the agency world and therefore he has quite thick skin and he'll need it because i've got some nasty questions for him Johnny's put well, my leon. skin hat on Put your tin hat on. So, Leon, would you just like to tell people roughly what you do and what right have you got to stand up in front of people and talk about about recruitment in the agency world? Yeah, I will do. Thank you. First of all, thanks, Tim. I've just spotted that bit of love popping up. Thank you very much. At least one person on this call loves me. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Leon Mills. I am the co-founder of We Are Adam. We've been uh, in business now, this is our 16th year, and I guess we help both ambitious agencies and brands find great people um, across with skill sets across digital, marketing, advertising, commercial, um, and HR. And I guess we've got a successful track record of, of that period of time of helping both startups, scale-ups, fast growth, uh, SMEs, and both PLCs helping uh, identify, attract, entice, and land, I guess, elusive people uh, from one business to another. Okay. So, I mean, the reality that everyone's facing and the reason that everyone's kind of, kind of on the call and listening to the call is right now, right, there are not enough people to fill the jobs. There's huge demand. Ironically, it may well be that everyone's looking for people, but Actually, there aren't as many jobs as there are, but everyone's looking. Everyone talks a whole blinking time to me about how do I get people? How do I get people? Now, 18 months ago, I just said, oh, it's all about your culture and your values and and da, 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 da. And now it just seems to be brutally about he who pays most gets the best candidates is that is is that being a bit unkind is there a bit more subtlety and a bit more finesse going on or is it just if you want good people pay 20 percent more than anyone else yeah yeah so i guess yes yeah, so a, a bit of narrative behind that let's let's rewind the clock two years ago today more or less covid hits all our businesses are thrown into a state of chaos hiring is put on is frozen for the foreseeable, we're staring down the, the, the barrel of a gun. Are we going to have a business? Are we not going to have a business because of COVID? So, so basically all businesses, all agencies just, just freeze their hiring growth, majority of, for probably a, a period of six, nine, 12 months. We've all, over that period, we've all evolved our propositions. And at the start of 2021, 
there's more, there's a resurgence of confidence and businesses and agencies start hiring again. What that means in 2021, there's two years, there's two years of growth put into one year. So that's where the, the surge of demand for talent goes through the roof. Um, through the eyes of talent, there's still a faction of people that just won't be enticed from their business or agency to look at another opportunity. You know, if you've been in a role in a business for a, a, a long period of time, you're safe. You know, if there is going to be another downside, you're safe. You've not got a target on your back. If you were to leave and join another business, you've potentially got a target on your back as last and first out. So that, that already means that maybe half the pool of talent aren't going to look for a new opportunity. So then you're squeezed. There's a, a, a pool that's been squeezed down. Through the eyes of business owners and senior leaders, we've realized through the pandemic that more so than ever, people are the greatest asset in all of our businesses. So we've made sure that we're keeping them engaged, happy, bought into the business. They're on 12-month development plans. There's a really clear-cut, defined vision of where the business is now, but where it's going, what your key contribution is going to be to make that vision a reality, and you're getting well paid. So if all those boxes are being ticked, if we put ourselves in the, in the shoes of employees, if all those boxes are being ticked, you don't need to go and look at, and you're happy, you don't need to go and look on LinkedIn at lunchtime because you're happy doing the job that you're doing. Um, in terms of demand, uh, Robert, um, we recently did, a, did a, a salary survey and when we were getting all our stats together, um, via ONS data, we've, we found out there's a record high of 1.3 million vacancies at the moment in the UK. And unemployment has dropped to 3.9%, which is lower than pre-pandemic. So if you look at those numbers, it's just, it's just crazy um, in terms of how much demand there is for those sort of, for, for, for talented people. So is there that gap of having high vacancies but low high vacancies and high 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 employment is that because a bunch of people have disappeared off the off the um out of the market i think yeah pe people aren't people aren't leaving people aren't moving first and foremost is that there's that faction that i referred to and then i think if we can all look at our own top performers in our business we've probably all tried to ring fence them from having their head turned by putting them on a development plan aligning remuneration with performance, giving them the flexibility that, that, that they want. So as I say, we're, I think we're all being a little bit smarter to keep, keep them totally engaged. So when people like myself come along and tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, how are you doing? I've got a really good opportunity with X, Y, and Z. The majority of those people are like, well, that's great. It sounds really good, but I'm really happy where, where I am. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm developing. I know the contribution I'm going to make. And you know what? I'm being pretty well paid for the endeavours that I'm putting in. So I guess it's just a, perf a perfect storm of those aforementioned factors that are making it so bloody hard to, um, to, to hire people. So if you've got, if you've got a hole in your business uh, at, at any level, let's just start off talking about it at any level. I think, I think people are complaining about how do they fill holes that, right the way through the business uh you know level one go on linkedin level two talk to your staff level three go to the network level four go to agency networks level five ask your friends everyone avoids 
bloody recruitment consultants, bloody hunt hunters, bloody whatever you want to call them. For because a bit like I I had an Indian meal once and I had a bad tummy afterwards. Therefore, all, all Indian restaurants give you a bad tummy. It's a little bit, it's a little bit similar. And as you know, you know, well, thank you, Tim Barlow in Edinburgh. There are people who have who are raving fans, and I know a lot of your raving fans. Um, but it's a it's a tough jump to go from the kind of in a way, DIY, never mind the, the different varieties, but to go from DIY to done for you. Um, so uh, does done for you fit every, every time or should you do DIY first and then done for you in reserve? There's the default or is it like the one thing no one ever wants to do but but inevitably you have to do it i mean what's that how do you see that yeah i think maybe a blend of both um businesses that i've worked with or that i know well have a have a mindset of always be hiring so whether or not whether you have or you don't have a vacancy always have stuff in the shop window so that you've hopefully got a pseudo treadmill of people that you can be talking to so you can ascertain the quality of the people in the marketplace if they're not right if you don't have something right there and then for them now and they're not quite ready for you you just it's about having that virtual bench of talent isn't it so if you can do that off your own bat brilliant to keep that as I say that treadmill of people coming in and then you can just really you're not you're not going to hire in a desperate way I've seen so many businesses make make that fatal error of Shit, we've we've got an empty seat. We need to put a bum on a seat, and they, you know, that's when you that's when you make the errors of hiring the wrong people because you don't go through the right process, you don't do the right due diligence. You just think, right, well, they're a six, seven, eight out of ten. They'll do, and more often than not, I mean, I've not seen many faces there, but I don't know if many people are nodding, going, yeah, we've done that. Yeah, you know, everyone's done it. We've done it. You know, we are we're meant to be experts in hiring people. We have made cataclysmic efforts um in our hiring because we've we've not done it properly that was early on in our in our in our existence thankfully um but i would i would use a blend of both um we also i know it sounds ridiculous we also have to engage in rec to rex recruitment to recruitment specialists and if you think we're if you think we're terrible try engaging with these people i mean they are they are a notch beneath beneath us but so what, does that, what does that mean? What does that mean? So they are they are a recruitment business specifically who go and find recruiters for other recruiters. Oh right, okay, right. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but if we if we, we spend our days networking across marketing, digital, HR, commercial people, we don't have an in-house function who can network amongst recruiters. So we have to engage right. with several of these people. And we have partnered with a couple who have been worth their weight in gold. I'd say of the probably 50% of the people that are here now have been hired through rec to rec Probably 50% has been done organically by ourselves. But the way we look at it is have all your options open. Keep all your options open so that if that one person might, that very best person might come in through a third party, yes, you might have to pay a fee for it or you will have to pay a fee for it. But if, that, if you're going to get three, four, five years out of them or even more out of them, surely that's a great ROI. But in this in this uh, over commoditized world, and I would argue that if you're out there looking for a job, 
all agencies look pretty much similar. You've yeah. got bloody football tables and values up on the wall and blah, 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 blah. It all looks like that. A bit like that. Not normally <laughs> like that. It's normally a bit more we we are open, honest, and transparent, and it's all a bit kind of woo-woo. Uh, but it looks if you're if you're if you're looking for a new job, all the agencies look pretty similar. Uh, there's not a lot of differentiation. You know, yeah. we're all young. We all talk about diversity. We all talk about going the extra mile. So, so how, I mean, really. And I get everyone doing their bestest, but how do you attract? How do you how do you entice? How do you seduce people? Yeah, come to me, come to me. Because everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's going, oh, yeah. our agency is really cool. Look at our video; it's so much fun. Look at the parties we have. Look at our cool boardroom. So, uh, how do you stand out from that massive yeah, so-called cool agencies it's a very good question I, I i don't have that silver bullet unfortunately um you referred to the pool table and the the, the bean bags i mean that 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 was that was a unique selling point five years or so ago wasn't it you know people, everyone was like right we've got to make it a really cool you have the slide in the office and all that kind of kind of jazz you know gone are the days of that um so what is it that attracts people nowadays what what are people looking for um i think first and foremost a compelling culture you know cultures have had to evolve hugely over the last couple of years you look at pre-pandemic and look at post-pandemic um the whole flexible working working from home that is now expected not just an attraction tool you know pre-pandemic a four-day working week or the opportunity to have a a dishwasher day, if your dishwasher's broken down or whatever, you could do that. Nowadays, genuinely, genuinely, one of the first questions people ask us, regardless of how experienced they are, genuinely, you get, you get first, second time jobbers, what's the remote working policy? And if there's not a 3-2 or a 2-3, they'll just go, yeah, thanks very much, you know, I don't want, which is ridiculous. I, you know, I, I've really struggled to get my head around that because, you know, put, when I was back in my 20s, mid, early mid-20s, I wanted to be part of a community. I wanted to be part of a business whereby you vicariously learning from sitting in an office, go for a butty at lunchtime with um, with a colleague, catch up, that sort of thing. And on a Thursday, let's go out for beers and, and get pissed. Um, people have changed in terms of what they want. They want that flexibility. They want to be able to wake up on a day and go, well, do you know what? I fancy going to the office today, which isn't great for us business owners and that sort of mm. thing. But that, that, is, that is the kind of mindset shift that we are all having to deal with. So I think flexing and evolving that that working compelling culture is a really important one. Um, I'm going to say the P word. I know you'll you'll scowl at me, but but purpose. I know you'd stop switching. You know, people now do want to work for a business or an agency that does actually have a bit of a sentimental purpose behind why they do what they do. Um, you know, B Corp is going nuts at the moment. Mm. Has been going nuts, but. Um, People don't just want to work on a on a, a Vodafone account or something that's meaningless like that. They want to work for something where they feel like they are actually making a meaningful contribution with the work that they're doing. So having a really strong purpose behind why you do what you do is, is really important. And the pandemic has only um, heightened that. And I think vision, you know, having a really compelling, having a great story of what you've done, 
is really important. But more importantly, this is where we are now and this is where we're going to be in 12, 18 months, two years, three years' time. And an exciting, being an exciting place surrounded by talented people with strong leadership um, and, and exciting clients is, is abs- are absolutely crucial. And do you think I know that's-, that's I know that's I know we've probably talked about that over the last several years, but that I think that is those points now are more um, more vital and, and focused than ever. And do you think that's the case as much in a performance agency as it would be in like kind of full service marketing agency? Do you think it, do you think it goes right? This is more a generational thing rather than an in marketplace thing. Yeah, yeah, and no, I think it is. I think it is. I think it's across the board. I mean, I haven't got data to support that. It's more more anecdotal from chatting to the kind of the, the diverse breadth of talent that we do speak to on a daily basis, or myself and my colleagues. You know, we're all, we're all. You know, we have a weekly meeting where we do talk about the the, the I guess the machinations of what's going on in the market, what 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 are candidates after, what the talent want nowadays, and and that still seems to be resonating. So I, I wrote, and funnily enough, I wrote an article on the subject this morning, and I was trying to articulate that it's a seller's market. You know that it's not a buyer's market, and yeah, in the last in the last month, maybe four times, I've heard agency folk say to me, uh, "We had this candidate," and at the end of the interview, the candidate said, "Thank you very much. I'm seeing a few other agencies, and I'll be back to, back with you in a week or two to let you know whether you've whether you've won." Yeah, it's like there it is. Yeah. And that's from a 22-year-old, you know, as much as it is from a 52-year-old. I mean, the yeah. world the world has gone bonkers. I mean, how do you... Yeah. Is it just that we're, we're all getting very old and a bit grey? Yeah. Oh, in my day, you'd be grateful, lad, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same as the housing market, isn't it? The housing market is, is exactly... It's exactly the same scenario with candidates. As you say, yeah, great people are getting the pick of the bunch. Are they playing one business off against each other? Possibly, I don't know. But literally, it is a question of what what more can I get from this business versus that business? Whether it's a financial incentive, whether it's um, whether it's a personal development plan, personal development budget, you know, all those little bits and bobs. Uh, Tim Barlow, you've got a great question there. Would you like to come off? Um... What's Tim saying? Do you want to come off and just tell us just tell us it in your own words? Come off your mute. Thank you. I do my best. Um, yes. Yeah, so, hello, Pylan. Um, the uh, I guess the sort of question in terms of this sort of beauty parade going the 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 other way around. Um, you know, one of the things that we've had to do is kind of really condense um, uh, our process uh, for for recruiting. It feels like that if we go to the full extent of due diligence that we used to do. Um, that uh, we're 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 going to miss out um, on on the good people, um, and I, I you know I wonder what your thoughts are um, around that. There's obviously a balance we've got to get uh, to be found somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Tim. Um, especially with I guess the the specifics of the kind of people and professionals you're looking for. I think when when people with the skill sets that 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 you're looking for put their head above the parapet. They literally will get four, five, six different agencies that want to hire them. So, um, yes, yeah, speed of turnaround, dynamic turnaround. Um, I don't know. If we, we would always say if, if you can 
interview someone within 24, 48 hours of that CV landing, that will obviously heighten your you know, the, the potential and the chances of landing that person. But again, it's I've always been taught or every, you know, all the different entrepreneurial networks like this and other networks that I'm, I've been part of in the last 15 years, it, the whole concept of hire slowly, fire fast. And it is totally going against the grain at the moment because if you do hire slowly, you're going to miss out on potentially that very best person. Um, so I don't think I've got an answer to that question, Tim. I don't know if that, if that is helping, but I guess the more... I guess the more dynamic that you can be during that interview process and have the more people on, on present to you know, show willing to do the, the sell the proposition, meet people via teams or, or the beauty for break, get people in front of you. I guess it, that does more of the seduction piece, doesn't it? I guess yeah. if it's just one person doing one-on-one banal interview questions, it's I mean, not pretty- really going to get that kind of warm feeling inside about, oh, that's the kind of business that I want to go to. And I love the, the sound of the leadership, the management, that sort of thing. I mean, I, f- I feel we're having to gauge a candidate by uh, sort of almost uh, how well they're interviewing us as to whether they're, uh, uh, you know, a good candidate, because 90% of the interview now is, 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 is about us as opposed to um, about the candidate. I mean, yeah. not quite that percentage, but certainly a, a very large percentage. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm guessing, you know, are you seeing people having to do the same as that? As You know, we're living in our kind of bubble. Um, is that something that you are seeing across your clients? Um, yeah, 100 percent. It's we're it's, all having to do that. It's not yeah, just, not yeah, just, yeah, definitely not just you, Tim. Um, even we are having to do exactly the same. What, what I'm saying now isn't just unique to yeah. marketing or digital agencies. Yeah. This is every business um you know sort of what are what are the signals um you know in the absence of our kind of regular signals that we're using to have to gauge people what um you know any thoughts on other things that we can look at to be able to do a bit of due diligence um or a bit more due diligence that doesn't act you know involves us maybe doing work rather than the candidate yeah um that's a good question i think i think still i think robustness of, of interview questioning still has to be there. I, th- I think if you if you lay out or if, if you're laying out to an individual, this is how the process is going to, this is how the process is going to unravel this during the interviewing process. You know, the, the first half hour or the first hour, we'll talk to you. Yeah, you know, we'll give you the sell on us on the proposition, what we've done, where we're going, all that kind of good stuff and give them the opportunity to, I guess, pseudo interview you. And then hopefully we as business leaders, surely we can all sell and our business as well and excite people. Hopefully when we've done that and they've got the bit of, the, they've got the va-va-voom, you can then flip it on the head and then start really probing them against what they've done, what they can bring to the party, you know, constantly banks questions. That I guess that is only contingent on us having done, us, well, let's say you engage with the recruitment partners as we're helping you. If we've done everything we should have done in that, that warming up sort of stage, they should already be excited and interested and engaged with the business. And then you go and compound that. And then it's a question of you flipping a right. Okay. Choose on the other foot. Now, I guess it's, it's, it's humor, a bit of everything really, isn't it? Yeah. In, inject a bit of personality and authenticity into it. Yeah. I, I guess it's probably worth saying, yeah, we know that talent 
is in a demand shortage at the moment. But, you know, we are going to have to put you through your paces. I'm sure if you were in our shoes, you'd have to put us through your paces, that sort of thing. So I guess just be dead authentic with it. And then I guess you can gauge someone a little bit better. And, you know, so, you know there's, there's, there's obviously a balance to be get on the basis that you don't look, you know, it's a bad look if you're not digging a bit. Uh, yeah. You know, they're going to question our credibility if we are digging a bit. But it's just sort of interesting you know, whether whether I was just wondering whether there's anything kind of off, you know, offline or, or whatever that, uh, um, you know, I think we're perhaps looking at LinkedIn profiles a bit more thoroughly than we might have done, um, you know, before. And, uh, you know, every, everybody's always said to me, you know, the, the sort of social media sort of, oh, all recruiters look at social media and look at all the profile. I've got to be honest, we have never really looked at that until recently because it's now it now feels like an important signal on the basis we're not getting other signals um sorry so you're looking at their social media yeah yeah right, so okay. i know they'll be looking at ours but let's not talk about that uh the um uh, uh you know it's you know i, I you know I, i'm actually finding i'm i'm using the social signals more than i than i than i was uh previously um sim- simply because there's there's a shortage of other other signals whereas before i would always trust trust our process i suppose over what somebody may or may not be saying on linkedin or um you know or, or anywhere else yeah pete, pete hivar's got a, a good question which i think is relevant to that pete do you want to share it yeah <clears throat> oh hello hi there uh, hello hi um hi, yeah you mentioned uh, about the compelling culture um and i think probably we all have different views on what that consists of but i just thought um from your first-hand experience of the, the candidates you and your team are talking to what are the key ingredients what, what makes a compelling culture and also how do we demonstrate that during the recruitment process obviously your website's a good place to start but in sort of showing some things that are going on but um yeah how do we do that how do we demonstrate that we have this compelling culture yeah good question so i think cultures have had to shift and evolve and adapt pre-pandemic to, to now obviously as, as we know um i think the whole um working from home and flexibility yeah. is an absolute must as I, as I as I said earlier but I guess in addition to that what is a compelling culture I think um all people or all talented individuals want to work in an environment where they are really empowered to do the job that that we are paying them to do so giving them that 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 flexibility to to do that within obviously a, a time frame that's been agreed um, so none of the sort of the, the micromanagement that might well have taken place beforehand. I mean, if there's a project that needs to be done, define what it is, define what everyone's role within that project is and what the timescale is. Off you go, go and deliver it. If you've got a problem, put your hand up type mm. thing. I think that, 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 that whole feeling of being an adult and being trusted and empowered to do your role um, yeah. is more paramount than ever. Um, so working within, within that, 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 that framework is absolutely crucial. Um, I think also that feeling of, of a valued culture is really important. People want to know that their contribution is, um, is being, is being viewed and being shared and being noted. So I think because people are working remotely, that's more important than ever to communicate in whatever weekly stand-ups you have or, or weekly meetings, explain. Yeah, I think I think the, I think cultures have always been defined top downs, but I think it's got to come bottom up and also uh, and, and top down now. But I think communication within a culture is absolutely crucial 
so that everyone knows what's going on. You know, if, if you are working in a remote business now, that you don't just have the ad hoc water water cooler conversations where people say, oh, we, this is where we're up to this project and this and that. Yeah, you can see it on Slack or whatever, whatever channel you're at. But so leading from the front and communicating, this is what's going on. This is who's contributing. Um, these are the challenges we've all got at the moment. I think they're absolutely crucial. And they're the, they're the kind of businesses that I see that are doing really well in terms of retaining the very best people because it's completely an inclusive culture. It's not a leadership team and, and mm. a them and us type culture. It's yeah. a whole, it's a, a homogenized one, one size fits all culture that everyone is contributing to. Yeah, absolutely. That um, makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And then sort of the second part of my question is, is how you get, how you convey that during a recruitment process. I mean, I mean other than verbally during interview and whatever. Um, it, I don't know. There's probably not a, a magic answer to that. Is yeah. Um, I think getting as many people involved as possible at, okay. at different levels within your business to okay. yep. communicate that. I don't, know, I don't know what your interviewing or attraction process looks like, but the more people that you can get involved from your side at different levels in the business who, who can, who live and breathe the culture, who can therefore articulate that with vim and vigor to people yeah. because it comes naturally to them. Yes. That is yeah. what is authentic. And that yeah. will really resonate with, you know, if, if, if you're, if I've, if I'm being interviewed by you and your team and I'm asking about what other culture you say, Oh, Billy will come in and tell you what, what it's all about. And mm. hopefully that, that fire, that passion, you know, them saying, well, this is what happens. This is how we work. It's yeah, completely you know, open culture, that yep. sort of inclusive culture. So I would always say involve as many people as possible. I know time is at a premium, but if involving several different people is the, the difference between getting that candidate or not getting that yep. candidate, hopefully that'll be a great return on investment, short, medium, long term for, for you and, and your colleagues in the business. So at the end of the day, getting the very best people is only going to augment the kind of work that, that everyone does in the business. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. No. Got two questions. We've got one. One from Tim Barlow. But before that, there's another one, which is, what is your view on um, videos of "Hi, here we are, X, Y, Z," and isn't this a great place to be? The kind of as part of part of the attraction recruitment process, having the internal videos to show to people. I think it's all very subjective, isn't it? I mean, I've I've seen some of businesses that I think look are great. And I've seen some that I just think are damn right cheesy. So it's, I don't know, it's, again, it's, that's such a hard, a hard thing to, you know, because what, what might, what might really attract some person might, might someone might think, oh, that doesn't look great. It's all a bit, a bit too cliched. Um, I guess it all depends on the quality of the video, the content, who's involved. I guess my, I guess my, my, I guess my point would be, you know, yeah, the culture leaks leaks out like radioactivity. So if you let if you let people do a really cheesy, low value, embarrassing yeah. video, yeah. that tells you an awful lot about the agency. And on the other hand, if the agency has something beautifully produced, they spent twenty thousand pounds with a production company doing that, tells you something else about how they're trying to communicate their culture. So it is, you know, reading between the lines, you can pick up quite a lot. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I'm going to sit on the fence with that one, to be honest. As, as you said, Robert, done well. It could be an, a, another part of the attraction portfolio, if you like, but done badly. Yeah, gross. Yeah, that, yeah. Might, that might be the one cross in the box that goes that makes that best candidate go, oh, 
don't fancy that one. I mean, you could levy that criticism at any piece of effort to yeah. market, marketing or, or anything, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not a good reason not to do it. I don't yeah. think. <laughs> so, what was your question, Tim? Um, all right. Well, I just want is the is the tide changing a little? Um, are you seeing any sort of green shoots or sort of slight just just slight changes? It feels like we've been interviewing a lot more in the last couple of weeks than we have been for a while, um, and I was just wondering whether that's um, you know just us or whether it's a yeah. So we are. As we are hopefully touchwood getting back to some you know life before COVID as we once knew it, there are more and more people that are prepared to have conversations with us about opportunities, whereas beforehand, maybe six, nine, twelve months ago, they simply weren't. So yes, um, there are more people presenting themselves. But on the flip side of that, there's a few more macro things going on in the world that are making people think, hang on a minute, are we about to go into a, another global global war? So but, uh, it's it's, sort of... the, 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 scale, the scales are a bit like that at the moment. People are prepared to have conversations and people are, as I say, will only look for the very best opportunities that align with exactly what, what their aspirations are and the kind of, kind of work and kind of environment. So we are, we are definitely seeing that. Is, no, it is. It, where's your gut telling you that 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 is? Is that people sort of coming out of that hibernation period? So essentially, it's just going to you know, it's going to be one person's going to be plucked out of an agency and put into another one, and then the the circle's going to uh, uh, just just keep going. Um, or um, is it a situation where actually people who uh, um, agencies who have been recruiting. Uh, are beginning to um, say, actually, we're not sure we want to recruit um, anymore. Any, any feel? So we, we are still seeing the demand across agencies looking for talent. Um, there's still going to, there's, there's still, the, the, the trend is still going like that because yeah. there's so much, so many, so much business out there, and people, are, you know, agencies are winning lots, lots of clients. Um, and yeah, I guess there, there are, as, as, as you, I said, and as you said, there are more people be, who are willing to interview, but there are still, they still have the, the pick of two, three, four agencies to choose from. Do yeah. I see that slowing down in the short term? What's the short term? Three, six, nine months, probably not in the next three to six months because of the, the backlog of demand to hire. People that were, you know, I, I've, you know, I know agencies that have been looking for twelve months to hire people. Yeah, and they've they've had vacancies for six, nine, twelve months. So I guess until that backlog has been washed up, we're still going to see that 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 demand. Um, and in terms of the, you know, those macro factors, are they? Um, are you seeing those impinge on the market at all yet, um, or are it, you know, it, or is that sort of something that 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 sort of you know, people are burying their heads in the sand on it. Sort of, it has you know a little bit like the cost, the cost of living crisis. It sort of feel like it's the yeah. employers seem to be much more aware of it than the employees at the yeah. moment. But I know yeah. that's going to change pretty pretty soon. We've not seen any. Uh, thankfully, none of the business that we've been working on has been shelved off the back of what's what potentially might happen from that perspective. We have we have seen it. A mini, a, a mini sort of simmering in terms of people saying we're a little bit nervous about 
the wider global context. So in terms of the, the previous speed or necessity to want to move from one job to another has, has died down a little bit. I'm not saying that's across the board, but it has been flagged over the past couple of weeks or so in our meetings that there is definitely a bit of a bit of nervousness and maybe a little bit more growing nervousness among people. Yeah, and is that that's with employers rather than that, employees or both? No, it, that's with employees looking to move from one business to another. We've right. not seen it with employers hiring. Yeah. Employers are still all going home. We've not had any. We've not had any assignments that have been put on ice off the back of what's going on. People are still absolutely, but it's just candidates are being some are being a little bit more nervous, a, a little bit more jittery about it. And and that those are those are those jitters in terms of. Uh, they're feeling like they need to, that's forcing them to make a move or forcing them to stay put, which stay put more, more over just stay put. Not, not a massive percentage, but enough for us, enough for us to be sitting in a weekly meeting going, we are, we are seeing a little bit more of that kind of nervousness. Cool. Thanks. Uh, Peter Debelka, I think that's how you say it, says, right. Do you want to share the question, Peter? Ah, yes, of course. Hello. Hello. Uh, right now, we are planning our uh, how we should share our company culture on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And right now, we are starting to build some structure. We are planning everything. And I'm, uh, we are thinking if something happens right now, what's interesting? we should share it right now or we should wait till we have some structure and basics prepared if, if it can backfire or we should start sharing content right now um well i i guess it all depends on what your time scales are to hire etc how that aligns with your strategy but my mindset would always be get it out there sooner rather than later something you know something out there is better than nothing out there. Yeah, have something in that shop window that might start gently seducing people and thinking, oh, that's interesting. And yeah, driving that level of curiosity. Um, because my mindset is you know, better that something's out there that you might have the opportunity. Yeah, increase your opportunity to speak to more people than not. Um, so definitely chuck it out there and you know, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to have a queue of three, four, five, six people that might want to speak to you, which is a lovely <laughs> problem to have. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Get back to Tim. Tim, you had another one there. But you're on mute. Yeah, um, trainee market, uh, Leon. I, I know it's not your market, really, but I'm wondering whether you've got any insights on it. Um, the... It feels like part of the problem, if I take PPC as an example, you know, part of the problem in the market is there's just not enough people um, in the market. And, uh, you know, I sort of sit there thinking, you know, do we have ourselves to blame on this one? And the fact yeah. that, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we're just none of us are involved. Most of us just aren't investing enough in training. Um, but I, I just sort of wondered if you've got any insights as to, you know, are people now starting to invest in graduates and uh, and bring them through perhaps more than they were a year ago um you know back even to normal you know pre-pandemic levels uh any any feel at all as to where um, this is anecdotal again tim i've not got any any sort of data to um support this but i think that the bigger networked agencies that have got you know bigger coffers than uh 
than smaller independents can afford to do that. But as, as we all know, you know, as smaller independent businesses, we just don't have that kind of cash slushing around to, in, to invest in, in that on the basis that people might come along, do six, nine, 12 months and then go, thanks for that. I've, um, I've taken up all that knowledge and now I'm going to go and work for a, for a big a big global player who's going to pay me 10 grand more than you can offer me. So I guess that, I mean, you know, that, that argument's probably always, always been there. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm not sure I, I completely agree with it. In fact, I think there's quite a lot of small businesses that, you know, we train. But one thing that I think may have changed uh, and may be a sort of a symptom of the current situation is uh, the difficulty of training people remotely. Um, and whether that is compounding the problem of uh, a lack, you know, is going and is going to compound the problems further with a with a lack of talent because there's not much training going on. Yeah, um, and I, you know, I was just wondering if if that's something that you you sense at all. Yeah, um, I haven't seen that where I can say definitively, but I, I definitely agree with the the remoteness of working that definitely does hinder the training. I think that just the daily on the job being in the office that, you know, that, that kind of vicarious learning and training, we're all lacking, aren't we? Or, you know, I look back at my twenties and I love being in, in a, in a big business surrounded by people of all different levels where you just hear them on the phone and you, you pick that up, you're, you, you, you can do it, you know, you learn how to deal with a, a difficult situation because you've heard it. But I, I definitely think that is hindering the growth of the younger people or the next generation of talent that are coming through. It's, yeah, it's impossible, isn't it? If you're sitting in a room by yourself doing your work, you, you're not naturally sort of soaking things up, are you? Um, so it, I can only think it, it, it being a harmful thing, yeah. And are either of you seeing companies really invest in a, a sort of a new way of training as a sort of permanent way, or is there a little bit of limbo going on where we're all, you know, we're sort of hoping maybe people are going to come back to the office a bit more and therefore we'll just wait to, wait till that, that happens. You know, it could be one, one, th- one mindset that could be being adopted versus accepting and getting on. Yeah. Again, I've, I've got no silver bullet to share on that, but I, I will make a note and go back to my team and, and ask them um, which businesses we are partnering with that might have, you know, yeah. cultivated a, a new age sort of training schedule. If there are any ideas that, that we can uh, that we can share with you, I'll, I'll definitely make a note of that and uh, report back via Robert if that's okay. Because I think that that's for us all. I think that's a really interesting point. Robert, are you seeing anything on those? You know, um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 you know, again, we all just have our little segments and our little slices. I think the concern that people have, as you quite rightly say, Tim is you, you get some 22-year-old who's got loads of ambition, blah, 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 and they're only in the office two days a week. So, so there is no way they can learn, they can get up to speed, no matter how much online teaching and how many programs you've got created and how often you send them off to online programs. There is, you know, as, as Leon said, there is there, there is kind of no replacement from rubbing shoulders with the, head of programmatic or hearing the conversations they're having with clients or being in the room when they're talking to clients this thing that we have here with screens only gives i mean it's it's hugely transactionally efficient but it's efficient you know and we don't all want to be efficient anymore we want to be effective and you just you, you just miss all the nuance so i think the training is is is, is a is a real issue and i think ironically the kids 
are shooting themselves in the foot by saying, I want to be working from home two, three days a week. Because uh, they're just never going to engage in the culture and they're never going to learn. They're never going to absorb absorb the culture and absorb how we do things, which is everything from everything from please don't wear white socks in front of a client, you know, all, all the way through to how to make a decent cup of coffee, you know, because, I mean, there are some really basic skills we have to give graduates. That really dates you, Robert. I'm sorry to say. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it is it is the case. Just the white socks. Just the white socks. Baby. Just the white socks. What's wrong with white, white socks? White socks and sandals. Yeah. What's wrong with white socks? I've got a question here. Um, um, what, what wage inflation are you seeing? Leon, and is it possible? Is it is is this sustainable, or, or will the bubble burst at some point? So, I mean, we our, our general advice, or what we've seen over a period of time, has been that people, well, people look at people leaving one business and joining another business is in the region of a prox ten percent to fifteen percent max. Which I think, which which is a, a reasonable sort of financial incentive to leave from one bit from one business to join another, and I guess that's the advice that we tend to to say to our clients. You know, when you're interviewing someone, obviously this is this is what they're earning, this is the general expectation, blah 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 blah. But yeah, what we have seen is absolutely mind blowing kind of um, offers that people have had where you know. They're earning 40, 45K and they're getting off at 75, 70, 75, 80K. Just mind-blowing. Mind but when um, you hire these people, you don't, get, you don't get the increase in effectiveness, if that makes sense. So, so the client has to pay. So you end up with our wage bill was a million pounds. It's now yeah. 1.2 million pounds. In order for us to accommodate the additional wage bill of an extra 200k, where's that going to come from? Correct. Yeah. yeah. In essence, you're, you're, if you have that, that example of the 40 45k, in essence, they might well be a 50 55k candidate moving from one business to another. But as you say, you're paying them 30k more than market rate. So you're driving, you're driving up that wage bill. And as you say, are you going to get the ROI from someone? who is coming in at that level when, in fact, in reality, they are a 50K-ish candidate and that's the impact that they're going to inject into a business. And that's, that's the cycle that we're seeing now, that these bigger behemoths in the, in the industry are, are, are putting these massive salaries on people's heads, which is just dri- you know, driving you know, nuts kind of expectations across people. Um, <clears throat> I've, I've not seen it like this before in 20 years of being in the industry. So... I don't know how we're going to, how we as business owners are going to slow that down or realign it. I don't, I don't know what is going to make the bubble burst, to be perfectly honest. And, and Tim mentions uh, four-day week. What are your thoughts on that? Are you seeing a lot of that? Um, I have no. seen, I have seen, well, the, fir- the first I heard of it was the, the uh, Johnny Twos and the guys from the lab. Yeah. I think they, yeah. they launched that and made a big splash about must have been what four or five years ago now. I mean, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know where the, all the time's gone, to be honest with you. But they they made a massive play of it years ago, and I think it worked really, really well for them. And quite a lot of other agencies have followed suit. I know our mutual friend John Redmond made John a big Redmond, play yeah. of that when he launched his business. Um, and I think I, I don't know I, I don't know whether that's worked for him. I assume it has worked for him, but I, 
I, th- I think it is an attract an attractive point for people, but within that four days, what are you expected to do? Are you expected to work 12, 14, 15, 16 hour days to get the work done? Or, you know, what, what are the dynamics of it? Do half the business work Monday and half the business take Friday off? I, I think personally, I think if you can just have a, an, an adult working culture whereby you get the work done whenever you get it done on the working week, um, I think that is more attractive. But for instance, but I, I say, having said that, a large part of our working um, team, of our team, are, are, working, are working mothers who do a four-day week and they're the most successful and most productive in my business. So what do I, what, what do I know? You know, they, they, they want the flexible, you know, the flexible time so they can have a bit more of a work-life balance and they're nailing it. So if, it work, if it's working for them, why can't it work for you, for, for other businesses? I guess with all this, it's about having the right people in the right seats. You get the right people who are aligned with the vision that you've got, who know what the, who know what their role is, and are driven and hungry to achieve it, and put their hands up if they've got a problem. Um, that's that's where you that's where you can achieve great things. Right, we're, we're about to run out of time. So, if you've got any burning questions, uh, let's hear them. Let me just summarize what what your key points are, which I'm reading. Shortage of talent and huge demand, one. This thing about retention and and how on earth you stop people from jumping ship, you know, and I think, and I think that kind of links into your, 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 your compelling culture thing, which obviously is internally works and externally works. Uh, the whole affordability thing uh, about how on, earth, how on earth do we run an agency with a wage bill which has just gone up 15 or 20 percent and 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 will that stop there's something around how you in the same way that you pitch your business you know to a, to a client that you should be pitching your business to uh, a candidate same i'm so slightly different but it's a similar it's a similar deck but it's yeah. not quite the same and and this sense of creating a compelling culture not just because you want to do that but because that's i think that's the thing for me that's what people are looking for they're looking that they're, they're they are searching for evidence and proof that your your workplace is a place where they'll feel comfortable your workplace is a place that kind of understands what what it, what you're doing are there, are there any more questions for leon any more questions in the room if so, put your hand up or shout now. Wow, we've silenced them. That's amazing. <laughs> that's fantastic. Hopefully that's a good sign. I think it's a good sign, Leon. So any final thoughts from you, Leon, as we, as we start wrapping things up? Um, just, just stick at it. Stick at it. Make sure, as I said to um, Peter earlier, make sure your shop window is, is glistening. Make sure that you're trying to magnetize people to want to come and talk to you because of the uniqueness of what you're doing or the direction of travel you're heading in. There's, you know, there's no one, there's no one hidden answer is literally a smorgasbord of just, just make sure you've got a great culture, try and work with great clients, which are, some have got yeah, a bit of meaningful purpose behind them. Uh, be authentic, you know, 
just be open, honest, and authentic. People want to work for, for authentic and inspiring people. Um, and try and just make your agency a great place to work at still, whether it is remotely or in person. Don't forget the value of getting people together and going for a walk or laser quest or just going for going and getting pissed, you know. Just just bring back the sense of normalness in your businesses. I mean, we had a, a sit down yesterday, our meeting, and we said, right, guys, it's the end of the quarter, what do I want to do? Everyone stuck their hand and said, we want to just go and get pissed. We're like, brilliant. Let's get a date where we can all just go out and, and get pissed for the afternoon and do karaoke. That was what they said. They want to go and do that. So just that, let's not forget pre-pandemic stuff. We, are, we, we, are, we want to get back to normal life. Um, so I guess a, a, a nice blend of, of all of those things um, will hopefully enable you to, to have that competitive edge, find great people. And you know what? Just try and keep enjoying it. I know it's hard. Uh, it's hard for us as well trying to find people but you know we, we did make the decision of setting up our own businesses don't forget to enjoy it because uh, it can be bloody hard but hopefully there's, there's more fun that we're getting out of it than not brilliant brilliant absolutely love it leon uh i'm going to say that's going to be the kind of the formal conclusion uh leon and i are going to stay online so if people want to talk to us in a, in a smaller setting rather than in, in public with the record button on so we'll turn the record button off so all that's left to me right now is to say leon thank you for being absolutely great being open and honest about about your view and it's been really helpful for everyone uh, on the call so just one very big thank you very much and we'll stay on the line thank you thanks thanks for having me